What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 49, where I will finally get the chance to talk about week number four of college football for Michigan State and Michigan. We'll address what went right, what went wrong, and what both of these teams can look forward to this coming weekend. So let's start out with the University of Michigan as they took on Maryland. And if you listen to the last podcast I was talking about, I was saying that I thought that Maryland offensively would be competitive and that they should be able to throw the ball, that they had a lot of weapons. I also did mention that Maryland defensively was not very good, and that's the reason why I think Maryland would lose this game to Michigan. And overall, I think that sentiment was accurate. I think that's the reason why Michigan won, and there's a few reasons why I really want to go in depth. So let's talk about what went wrong. And if I have to say for Michigan what went wrong was the first half. I was not very impressed with the first half. I thought their defense, especially their secondary, did not look very good. Their front four did not get any pressure on Talia Tungavailoa. Their offense wasn't really going very much. The only reason why they were up seven to nothing early on is because the ball literally bounced off the face mask of the Maryland returner to start the game. That's why Michigan, in my opinion, wasn't down by two scores heading into halftime. But I wasn't overall impressed with what Michigan was doing in that first half. And some people might say that's because this is the first quote-unquote real game that is competitive, and it was true, and Michigan did end up winning by seven against Maryland after Maryland scored a late touchdown. But overall, that first half to me was not a good half for Michigan. And you might want to say, hey, you know what? It was a decent half. Maryland only scored 13 points. But if you really watched that first half, you could see that Maryland for those 24 to 30 minutes, you could really see that they were honestly the better team for that first half. And I don't think you can really argue against that because without Maryland making two big mistakes, Michigan could have went into halftime down two touchdowns, maybe even more than that. And yes, this is a hypothetical that Maryland would score on the first drive and not turn over the ball on the kickoff. But if you watch the offense and what it was doing to the defense, I think it was pretty likely that Michigan would have at least given up a field goal just because their offense was making it look pretty easy. So that is where Michigan went wrong pretty early on. Second where Michigan went wrong, and I think you can kind of say it went wrong and then got better throughout the game. And I'm not trying to be harsh on this player, but J.J. McCarthy made quite a few major mistakes that could cost him in a more high-profile game against a better opponent. 
the one thing I've always talked about is that J.J. McCarthy, he's a special player. And I always thought that this year J.J. McCarthy should start from day one. With that being said, some of the plays that he made, he can't do. And that might be how he plays. And if it is, that's understandable. But you have to be willing to take the risk for the reward of J.J. McCarthy. And there's two main plays I really want to point out to see how good J.J. McCarthy is and that risk that you can take. So it was in the second quarter, and J.J. McCarthy got the stat. The offensive line wasn't really holding up very well, and J.J. McCarthy ends up scrambling for probably 20, 30 yards in the backfield and end up getting a first down on like a 39. That was an incredible play. That's one of the best plays I've seen a quarterback do since Johnny Menzel. That was a Johnny Menzel type of play, and we know how good Johnny Menzel was in college football. Now, he didn't turn out in the NFL. We all know that, but in football, Johnny Menzel was a special type of quarterback. A couple of plays later, J.J. McCarthy is doing the same thing, but the defense does a better job of not letting him get to the outside. He, he chucks it down field short and almost gets it intercepted. And that is where the mistakes come in. Are you willing to let J.J. make those types of plays? And I think that's what Michigan fans should get used to unless the coaches specifically tell him, hey, we don't want you to do that. And honestly, they might want to do that. I don't think Michigan should take away J.J. McCarthy's running ability because I think that's what makes him special. But we also see him running for a first time. Instead of sliding, he lowers his shoulder into the defender to get an extra yard. And you might say, yeah, that's motivation. You want to get that extra yard. But at the same time, this is your guy. You do not want your quarterback lowering his shoulder and trying to get the extra yard. You want a majority of college quarterbacks to go down. J.J. McCarthy already had the first down. He ended up, he ended up turning up field for an extra yard where he could have got seriously hurt. Now, if J.J. continues to do that, I think he could get hurt. And I think that's where the second issue kind of comes in. Now, I really want to talk about the positive things I saw from Michigan. One of the main positive things I saw from Michigan is, again, their running attack. Blake Corum is very, very good. He was the reason why Michigan went to a halftime up. He had a 30 plus yard touchdown run with about 30 seconds left and a fourth and one when Maryland was stacking the backs. He saw that everyone went inside and then he bounced outside and basically walked into the end zone. Michigan's rushing attack is very good and it'll continue to get better as the season goes on, as their offensive line gets better, as Donovan Edwards comes back, which it'll be really interesting to see when he comes back. I'll talk a little bit more about him when I do the Iowa preview because 
I think he's going to be a key in that game if he does come back. But Michigan's rushing attack was very impressive. The second big key I want to talk about is adjustments at halftime. I thought the Michigan coaches, especially the defensive coaches, did a fantastic job of making adjustments at halftime. The defense, especially the secondary, looked so much better in that second half than they did in that first half. Now, again, that defensive line wasn't getting a whole ton of pressure, but that secondary was legit. They were stopping a very good passing offense in Maryland. I've said this a couple of times, especially in the last podcast. Talia Tungvaloa and his wide receivers, they're legit. There's some very, very good and NFL talent on that offense. And Michigan did a very good job of slowing Maryland down and not allowing Maryland to get back in the game. And you have to give all praise to that defense. They made their adjustments. They did the right things. They improved. And they're going to continue to have to do that. And this is one area that I think Michigan can approve on. I think their defensive line will have to start getting pressure on the quarterback, especially when they play Ohio State, when they play Penn State. Overall, I think those offenses are a little better than Maryland, but overall, Maryland has some of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. Just their running game isn't on par on them as other teams. But yeah, I thought Michigan did a lot of very good things in that second half. I think Michigan fans should be pretty pleased with the game. Not the first half, in my opinion, but the second half they should be pretty pleased. They got away with a win. And Michigan moves on and is undefeated going into Iowa. Now let's get on to the other game. And this is going to be a little bit more difficult to talk about because there's a lot more things wrong than there are right. And that's with Michigan State. Michigan State played Minnesota last Saturday and gets absolutely blown out at home. 31-7. Michigan State right now is not a very good team, and it's not going to get any easier. If you look at their schedule, they're 2-2, two and two, and they're headed into the heart of their schedule right now. They got Maryland this coming weekend. After that, they got Ohio State. Things are not getting any easier, and I think this past weekend is an ex- example of Michigan State not being very good. Now, there is one thing I wanted to talk about and at least address before I get into the review of the game. And I do think Maryland, and that is Minnesota is a very good team in the West. They're probably the best team in the Big Ten West. And that's not necessarily saying a whole lot because the West is not very good. But in my opinion, Minnesota is currently a top 25 team, and they are. They're a very good team. I think they'll win the West unless they make a mistake against Iowa or make a mistake against Wisconsin. But overall, Minnesota is a very good team. With that being said, Michigan State looked absolutely horrible and embarrassed itself on Saturday. And it all starts with the defense. I came on this podcast 
before last week's game, saying that I think it's a systematic issue. And I think it is, but at the same time, I think it's an everything issue. I think the defense as a whole is not very good. I think the players need to be better on the defensive side. And either a lot of people are making a lot of mistakes, which according to Scotty Hazelton, that is what's happening, or the defensive talent is just not good, especially on the secondary, because Tanner Morgan absolutely lit up that secondary. There was zero contest at all. Tanner Morgan looked like he was having an absolutely career day. Minnesota also ran the ball very well with Ibrahim. Minnesota's offense could not be stopped. It seemed like all day that Minnesota was just driving down the field. You could hear the people getting loud on third down. But this is my question. For those people getting loud or any Michigan State fan, do you really believe that defense is going to get off the field on third down? They haven't done that in two years. On any third down, I'm not saying third and short. I'm saying any amount of length. Like if we're talking third and 15 or maybe third and 20 or longer than that, do you really believe the defense is going to get off the field? We haven't seen it. We've seen teams convert third and longs over and over and over and over again. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday. The secondary was bad. The defensive line wasn't getting any pressure, and when they were, the secondary couldn't hold on. The defense was just bad. And there's been a lot of people calling for change. Will we see that change? That's a question that I honestly don't know we'll answer this season. I think Scotty Hazelton will be the defense coordinator for Michigan State through this season. I don't think Mel Tucker fires him during the season. Does Jim Harbaugh do that if Michigan's struggling? I don't know. It's really hard to do that in college. In the NFL, it's a little different. But in college, it's really hard to fire a coordinator in the middle of the season. Now, there's teams that do that. Like Nebraska did that with their defense coordinator. But I don't see a change happening this year and we're starting to see players former players getting really upset and saying this is not it if you are a michigan state fan on twitter and you follow any big michigan state account you have justin spiro you have justin thin you have locked on spartans or if you follow any current player you realize how bad these former players and their thoughts on this defense are. This defense is not very good. And when they say it can't get much worse, I don't know. It's not looking any better. Statistically, is it better? Yeah. Michigan State, I think I heard today, was 101st in pass defense. That's better than dead last last year. They were rushing. In defense was 91st, which was much worse than last year. But defense was very bad. The second bad thing for the Minnesota game was their offense. 
the offense could not get a push. And it all starts with the offensive line. The offensive line pass pro was pretty good. I thought they gave Panthorn quite a bit amount of time to find his guys. Panthorn also played very poorly. Like, that was a very bad game for him. He made some major mistakes through some not great interceptions. He lost a fumble at the 10-yard line to start the second half. Not a very good game. Now, with that being said, do I think Noah Kim should be starting for Michigan State next week or at least this week against Maryland? No. I think Peyton Thorne is still a guy until proven otherwise. And some people might say, well, look at what Noah Kim did in that last drive. And yeah, it was impressive. It was a good throw, but he was also facing the second, third string guys from Minnesota. That is one drive. We haven't seen a whole lot of it, and we need to see more. And if Panthorn comes out in struggles against Maryland, and they switch over to Noah Kim, and he thrives, then yeah, we can have this conversation. But Panthorn was very bad. The offensive play call in was very bad. I don't understand running the ball on first down when you can only pick up a yard. I can't remember the last time when Michigan State had a big play on offense. It's been a really long time. It's been since at least last year. And that's something that Michigan State was really good at last year. And that's something they've not done very well. And I think not running the ball very well is a reason for that. And this is where I have an issue with what's going on for Michigan State and its offense. Because you know the old saying, you got to run the ball to open up the pass. I think Michigan State needs to completely flip that. I think you need to throw the ball to open up the run. Because we have seen when Payne Thorne gets in rhythm with his receivers, we have seen MSU methodically drive down the field. When Payne Thorne is making smart decisions, his wide receivers are getting open, this offense looks so much more fluent. So if I'm Jay Johnson, if I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm doing some quick throws pretty quickly, get him in a rhythm, get some wide open passes. Wow, that was, yeah. Get some wide open passes, pick up five, six, seven yards at a time. Get Payne Thorne in rhythm, and then it'll open up the run. And if it doesn't open up the run, then there's a lot bigger issues going on, and we'd have to look at the offensive line even further than they are, yeah. Now, those are kind of like the two really main bad things that have happened against Minnesota. There is one good thing, though. Actually, two. No one got seriously injured. That's a positive. And Michigan State still scored. So it's been since 2015 since they've been shut out. So that's the second positive as well. Michigan State has a lot of things to work on. Michigan looked pretty good. This is a big week for both of the teams because Michigan is playing Iowa at Iowa. Big game for them, and I'll talk about that in the next podcast which is my 50th episode can't believe it's already been almost 50 episodes 
And then Michigan State is going up against Talia Tungvailoa, which they have a very good passing attack. So I will talk a little bit about that more on the next podcast, which should actually release tomorrow or Friday. I'm recording it tomorrow. But yeah, that's kind of like the review of week four of college football. Michigan played pretty well, especially in the second half. Michigan State has a lot to work on. So yeah, thank you again for tuning in to episode number 49. Hopefully you liked it. Sorry it was a little later on in the week. I was trying to think of some positive things to say about Michigan State. And those two things are the positives. So thank you again. And tune in in a couple of days for the preview of week five where Michigan State plays Iowa. Oh, sorry. Where Michigan State plays Maryland and Michigan plays Iowa.